Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, a man who watched the Super Bowl from beginning to end because he thinks the commercials are so hilarious, Derek Halpin. I didn't watch very much of the Super Bowl, but you know what? I am a man who is sipping on some sweet tea, and since you're from Nashville and that's like a southern city, you should be proud of me. You know what I can't have, Derek? Uh, Cigarettes? Sweet tea. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of things you can't have, but you know what you're going to get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chop. Well, okay. You're going to get a fucking chop. You know what? Guess what, people? It happened. He cheated. He broke his diet. You know what? We'll talk about this in a second. Hit our goddamn music. that we have to have a pretend break here for you to collect your thoughts for whatever argument you're about to propose. Oh, fuck you. Okay, first what, off... I'm already getting yelled at? I didn't do anything. You know what? Here's the deal, Derek. I Yes. Yes, I cheated on my diet. Yes, I'm gonna get chopped. But I was honest about it. I sent you even photographic evidence as I was breaking the diet. You did. You did. You were very open and honest about the fact that you were being an asshole. I had good reason. According to who? Yourself? Yes. I think that Derek. was I think that, that weren't, weren't those Hitler's last words? I had good reason. That's what he said before he shot himself? You see, that's just what they want you to think. He didn't actually shoot himself. He did what then? He escaped. Hitler he is moved. Are you telling South me America. he's he's among us currently? I don't think he's among us currently. Unless he's part of heavy machinery and we just don't know it. I'm not even going to... I'm not even going <laughs> to... <laughs> You're not going to dignify that with a response? No. No, I'm no, not going to... De- so, no, no. Let's get back on track here. So, I get a message from you the other day that contains an image of you with... What was it? A cupcake? It was a cupcake, Derek. And it was a cupcake from one of your coworkers. Correct. So, so you've been doing DDP yoga how long? Since basically beginning of December? Yeah, it was whatever the first... When did I start that? The first Tuesday after Thanksgiving? So you made it two months. Yeah. That's pretty good. And so you're start, we're starting off this episode talking about it, but the part that you want to focus on after having made it two months into this diet, you want to be like, hey, look at me. I was honest. You're right. You were. You're still getting chopped. That's fine. And I'm not arguing that I'm getting <laughs> chopped. I just want to tell you why I made the decision I did, and I think you would have done the same in my place. Okay. Okay. Make your case. So I found out this week uh, in kind of a surprise turn of events, I have a new job. I'm going to be starting a new job a week from Monday. Which... Are you- I, I do you am want to elaborate ex- on that, or do you just, or do you just 
that just a detail, a footnote in this story? I I am happy with the situation of where I'm headed. Uh, <laughs> they are they are going Vague. to treat me treat me well. They've uh, they've increased my pay and they've said that they will. Uh, you know, fuck my brain is so dumb today, Derek. I have to be That's honest fine. with you. My brain is just not feeling great. I did a thing that happens to me occasionally. You know, I'm on medication for anxiety and depression. Uh, mm-hmm. I take it at the same time every day. On the weekends, I just forget, and it really throws me off. Okay. And that's where my brain is. Plus, I've got this job thing. I got the house thing, and now you're wanting to have large men hit me. It's, so you're, it's got me frazzled. You're going through a lot. You're going through a lot of life changes. New house, new job, uh, new oh, season but the job, of the podcast. The job will be flexible with me, and I will still be able to continue with my travels. Uh, to to go tell you people what it's like to be at some of these shows. I'm going to say you had a pretty good year in 2018 with traveling. It's going to be very difficult to top 2018. Uh, I was Actually, I did have to cut out WrestleMania. It just wasn't with the house and everything. It wasn't going to work. I did happen to find a very cheap plane ticket to New York. Uh, so that is back on. I'll be in New York. I'm not. I'm definitely going to be at substantially less than last year. I'm not even going to be at Mania, but I will be at Madison Square Garden and Janela. Okay. Well, good for you. Okay, but back but to this. We're cupcake. talking about you getting chopped. Okay. So I work. Uh, I have a co-worker. This is what the people care about, man. I have a coworker named Robin. She's one of the best bakers I have ever tasted food from. She shouldn't even be working at that job. She should open a bakery because she could be charging, I believe, five to six dollars a piece for these cupcakes. Would you pay it? I would pay it. I would pay it in a heartbeat. And Robin brings in a lot of food. And especially over the holidays, she was bringing in so much. And I didn't have any of it because of this. But now that I knew this could potentially be my last chance to ever eat any of her baked goods... I really, uh, I had a come to Jesus moment and realized that Jesus told me to get that cupcake. Which is ironic because wasn't it Jesus juice or whatever it is that really made you violate the diet in the first place? It, yeah, it was wine at communion. That barely counts. There may have been like three calories in there. I mean, I'm just letting you know, just, just so you know, the amount of juice we're talking about is I had to take a flavorless wafer and I touched it so gently into it. I barely let it touch, but I still let you know about it. But while I ate this cupcake, uh, my coworkers Putting knew that I was the tip in is still cheating Garrett. <laughs> and that's just good <laughs> common sense. That is something that you needed to know. Uh, yeah, the tip-in is cheating. This was questionable. <laughs> the wafer the wafer, and whatever wine that was, also since, cheating. Since but, I think it's safe to say I'm probably going to... Oh, also cupcake, really worth it. I'm happy I did it. I did find a candidate to chop me, though, and I'm, I'm going uh, to throw that out there somebody. What's that? You're nominating somebody to get chopped by? Yeah, I am nominating them. It's a listener of the show who's currently training to be a wrestler here in Nashville. Okay. And uh, I spoke with him and I said, I'm going to run it by Derek, but I would like you to chop me. His name is also Garrett. And he has promised that he will not hold back. Well, that's important. Because if I don't see like a handprint on your chest for like two weeks, it doesn't really count. I don't and think we, we will do it again. Speaking of handprint, we didn't talk about this. Walter's debut. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he fought a very generic wrestler named Jack Stars. 
And the second I saw a little you know baby what? face. You, oh, man. You know what generic wrestlers get, right? They get a bloody chest. Oh, and he got a bloody chest <laughs> from Count It one walter chop i saw uh i saw a tweet that somebody said jesus christ you could read his palm uh have you ever seen a wrestler have a better welcome to wwe moment than that chop that he, he gave to him? jesus nigel mcginnis was so delighted with how hard he chopped that guy, I felt like he was I, in my head. He was giggling like Corey Graves was when Titus went under the ring. Yeah, I think he was having that. Yeah, this is what you guys are missing outside of here. And yeah, like when you see Jack Stars come out, you're like, oh, this is probably going to be a squash match. I doubt they're going to have Jack Stars get any com any sort of offense on this man. And he didn't. But it was really just a highlight reel to get people excited for Walter. Here are the things he does. Look how hard that shotgun drop kick is. Do you want this man to land on you? No. All right, here he is. He's going to get Pete done. <laughs> I'm excited about that. How you think that'll be, be Mania weekend? I f- yeah, it has to be, right? That re- I know, and that bums me the fuck out that it's the same time as that uh, Joey Janela show. But it's I've re- such a bummer. You're picking like the best Mania weekend of the Manias you've been to to not be involved. I know. I hate it. I really do. I was looking at the prices, though. And even when they went on sale and I wasn't planning on going, I still got on to see how much they were. And I'm pretty sure this Mania was far more expensive than the last several. Right. But you may very well be getting the first ever all women's main event. Correct. WrestleMania this year. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I looked it up online. The cheapest seat I could find is $150, and it's a nosebleed behind the stage. Hmm. The uh, the cheapest, like, decent view was around $450, and it was a nosebleed on the opposite side. Yeah, but you're going to New York. We'll I'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe you'll luck into something. You never know. That's true. I mean, you know what? I'm probably going to keep an eye out because one of the main things that I I didn't want to go to Mania for was everybody was telling me how complicated it is to get to this stadium in New Jersey. Yeah. They said that it's actually a multiple hour train ride. It's at MetLife, right? Yeah. It's outdoors. It's in April. They said that it's going to be easy to get there, but a pain in the ass to get back. Is that where they did WrestleMania 29? It is the second time they've had it there. I'm not. Okay. Uh, I, I know they have had a mania. I'm not sure that it was 29, but that sounds right. I think but, that's the one where they did Rock Cena 2, and then they did Punk Taker and Lesnar Triple H. But anyways, yeah, no, I, I obviously I've only been I've only been in New York once, but I did not make it to MetLife. I, I mean, I would like to go just to be able to tell you the story of it being a pain in the ass. And I feel like it's still I'm obligated That's a little what bit you're to excited do that. about. You're no, not I'm not excited, excited to tell me about how awesome Becky versus Rhonda could be. Like, no, you want to tell me about how shitty the travel experience was? Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about the important things on this podcast, people. That being said, I'm still very excited to see PCO fight uh, Kazuchika Okada, which I assume is going to be the main event of Madison Square Garden. We have we're not done talking about the cupcake. Okay, go back, go back. I the picture you sent me, you it, like you didn't even give me like a picture of you looking excited or giving me a middle finger and holding the cupcake. It's a picture of you working 
with a cupcake sitting next to you that has a bite of it out of it and you're not looking at the camera you're working like it's it looks candid it, it was looks like i didn't you, know those photos were being taken my coworkers were taking them and they knew you weren't supposed to be eating cupcakes correct just so you know my coworkers do a very good job of keeping me on track and i appreciate them for that well clearly not good enough because you broke the diet and they i mean it maybe was, your coworkers maybe your coworkers wanted you to get chopped. They don't want me to get chopped. I don't even think they know about the chop. I think they just know I'm trying to better myself, Derek. <laughs> and you know what? You wouldn't have passed up Robin's cupcakes either, you fuck. I haven't had one yet, so why I don't know what I'm missing. And you never will. Okay. I've had some good cupcakes in my day. I think I'll live. Plus, I wasn't the idiot who decided to start doing this diet in December and miss all the goods that you could have had access to. Well, fuck you. I'm just, you know. <laughs> two months. I'll you be honest. Two months. My shirts fit better. I'm happy about that. That's uh, good. I, once again, cannot kiss my penis, uh, <sighs> which he never promised that. But it, the closer I was getting to it, I thought, oh, man, this is a perk he just doesn't talk about. Well, uh, keep it up. Yeah, I'll get there, man. But I will tell you, fucking tired of it, man. <laughs> If if we're getting down to brass tacks, you're fucking fed up with DDP yoga. Yeah, uh, I mean, I like that Stevie Richards is in the background. I'm, yeah, I'm just I'm over it. But it has. I this is one thing I haven't talked about. I've been seeing a chiropractor for the last two months now. I've been in pain for several months, and it is actually because of one of our correspondents. <laughs> what? What? It's Lowell's fault. No, just kidding. It has nothing to do with Lowell. Uh, Don't blame this... Lowell. Leave Lowell. Leave Lowell out of this. <laughs> God. I feel like you and Lowell are constantly ganging up on me. Yeah, Lowell and I are friends. Why isn't anyone ganging up on you with me? Because you're an ass. I don't know. That sucks. <laughs> Maybe... <laughs> I can't even get a heel faction together. You have plenty of people who love you, okay? They're just not vocal about it. I love you. Well, then join my team. I'm on your team. We have a show together where we talk about pro wrestling, <laughs> supposedly. Uh, Derek, I went to a show over the weekend. No, you didn't. I did. What did you see? I went, well, my favorite is somebody asked me, are you going to the No Japan show? I did, ah. go, I did go to the New Japan show that was here in Nashville. Uh, I, I sat front row. <laughs> and I can tell you, uh, ticket price did not equal the card that I, that I received. L little elevated for your, t for your liking? Yeah, uh, the the show itself honestly was fine. It was a good it was a good indie show. It was a terrible New Japan show. I was gonna say if you didn't know the price of the ticket and you didn't know that it was supposed to be an, a New Japan show, would you have complained? If I saw the card that was gonna be there, Jeff Cobb versus Brody King on any card would have sold me a ticket. Well, why can't we look at it like that? No, and I do. I had a great time. I think that the problem is. That for the talent we received, we were overcharged. And I think that's where any issue is going to be with this show. Uh, well, the show, the show, tell, tell us about the show because this was a show that you were hyping up and you wanted, you wanted me to come down for this show, Garrett. You lucked out. If you had driven down for this, <laughs> honestly, this is a show that if I had no traveled Okada? for, no Okada. <laughs> 
so uh, the show, it opened, they had, so Shibata, he works at the LA dojo. Shibata, he is a retired wrestler now. He, uh, he liked giving those shoot headbutts a little too much and cracked his skull open and he can't wrestle anymore. So now he trains. They had Shibata come out to basically apologize to us. And it seemed like what they wanted was we need to send somebody from Japan out there. We need to send a Japanese person to apologize to these <laughs> Southerners faces. You got you got to have somebody who's authentic, otherwise yeah. you don't buy it. Yeah, they're like the apology doesn't seem sincere if it's coming from Chuck Taylor. So you gotta <laughs> <laughs> who who is a member of New Japan, but so they sent Shibata out. Who uh, he he started by telling us, you know, I don't speak English very well, and pretty much what he got out was sorry, government shutdown. That was it? Three words? No, I mean, there was more to it than that, but that... that I was going to say, there's there's being bad at English, and then there's just not trying. That that reminded me of... Uh, there's a, a Japanese metal band called Boris, and I saw Boris in concert, and the power kept blowing. Like, they kept blowing the fuses to all their amps and everything, and they kept stopping, and since they didn't speak English, they couldn't, you know, have a little banter in between everything getting fixed. It gets brought back up. They start playing again, immediately blows. They look at each other. One guy walks to the microphone and just says, sorry, not enough electric power. Walks away. Show over. What? <laughs> and that is... Well, that's not what happened here. There was, no, there was not enough electric power, Derek. There was not enough. Garrett. Yeah. Tell me about this show, because I want to get to the point where you get a picture with Juice Robinson, and he's not happy about it. <laughs> that's, a, that's at the very end. Uh, show opened with two young lions, Carl Fredericks and Alex uh, Coughlin. It was fine. It was a 10-minute match, and it started with a lot of grappling. And you can see towards the end, they are still learning, and they were learning to build a match at a New Japan pace. Which in was Nashville. In Nashville. So I was watching two white guys uh, in black shorts, black trunks, you know, just grapple for about seven minutes until they finally started hitting each other for the last two. It was fine. It was fine. They're learning. Uh, what else did we have? We had, okay, second match, Colt Cabana and John Gresham. Love those boom, two. Boom. Versus Lance Archer and uh, Shane Taylor. It was kind of just a standard Ring of Honor match. Uh, the next we had Great Okarn versus Harlem Bravado. Great Okarn is actually a Japanese wrestler. He was a young lion in Japan. He got moved to the LA dojo. So we did get to see a Japanese person wrestle. Woo! Once again, it was fine. <laughs> then we had, to me, the first like real standout match of the night was Marty Skrull taking on a young lion. And I think when I saw he was taking on a young lion, I was like, all right, well, whatever. But the young lion was the one young lion of the night that I'm like, holy shit, this, this kid's going to be something someday. He's going to be better than I will ever be at anything. Put on a quality match with Marty? Yeah, this guy's name was Clark Connors, and he really did put on a solid match. <laughs> Clark. So the whole time, you know, people are chanting like, you know, Marty, whoop, whoop, and then you'll just occasionally just hear, Clark! <laughs> that's, that's what I was laughing about, and I'm glad that you immediately knew that. Without me having to tell you. If you're wondering how uh, the first three matches went, 
like I said, they were fine matches, but behind me, I heard a sound of somebody snoring and I thought, oh, they're being assholes and, you know, snoring to, to say this is, this is boring to me. I turned around. This motherfucker was truly asleep in his seat. <laughs> he was sitting second row at New Japan, just dead asleep, snoring loud enough that you could hear him in between cheers. Was it a Snorlax with a neck beard? Yeah. I mean, that's not an inaccurate description. <laughs> it was a Snorlax with a neck beard. Uh, this show did only have uh... six matches. So next was Jeff Cobb. God damn, versus... we're already halfway through the card? Yeah, we're already halfway through. The, the next Ooh. one, Jeff Cobb versus Brody King, match of the night. And I think everyone knew that was going to be the case. It's just, as Vince put it, there was a lot of beef in that ring. I saw how much beef was in that ring. <laughs> and those two threw their beef around. Those two did so many spots that involved them just hitting each other at the same time as hard as they could and both falling down. And it always just made... An enormous thud. When you had a moment, did you yell out to Jeff Cobb, hey, why haven't you promoted your appearance on our podcast yet? He's a heel in Ring of Honor. I don't know what he is in New Japan, and I don't want to tour the islands. It would make great content for the podcast, though. I'd rather if just you got go a to tour New of the Jersey islands. and tell you how hard it is to get there. <laughs> If you got a tour of the islands, I would accept that as payment for you breaking the diet. You wouldn't have to get chopped. Actually, uh, Jesse, the, one of the guys who runs Southern Underground Pro in uh, that season one of Dojo Pro, he's an audience member, and uh, Jeff Cobb, Bad Attitude, gives him a tour of the islands. Oh, shit. Yeah. Did you so ask I, him about it? Did I ask Cobb or Jesse? Jeffy. Jesse. Jesse. Not Jeffy. Jeffy. Sorry, Jeffy. One day you can take a tour of the islands, too. <laughs> but then, okay, where, my main issue with this, at this point, I was already, the show's six matches long. The last match, Trent Beretta, Chucky e. T, and Rocky Romero versus Juice Robinson, David Finley, and Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. And this was a weird match. It was an elimination tag match where you could be eliminated by pinfall, submission, or being thrown over the top rope. In a tag match. In a tag match. And the sole purpose of this match was to be long. To fill time. To fill time. This is the main event. It has five people in New Japan <laughs> in it. <laughs> and you can tell this was, this is a short show. We can't let them get out of here in two hours. At least bump this shit to two and a half. Couldn't they have made a tag team match and then taken two of the other guys and made them have a singles match? Well, I think uh, I think part of it is having to protect Juice and not get him hurt while they're out there. Because huh. I think he had a singles match with Trent the night before for a for the title. Okay. Hot sauce Tracy Williams got hurt at one point. I really watched uh, watched some young lions ice his groin pretty good on the side of the floor. I had a front row seat to that groin icing. <laughs> I will, the match opened with uh, Rocky in the ring, and he gets whoever he was up against in a full Nelson, and Chuck, Chuck Taylor on the side of the ring, I hear him go, yeah, yeah, full Nelson, get him locked into it, that's how you win matches. <laughs> uh, that's how you're selling what you're doing as being real. Overall, though, I had a good time. At the end, uh, 
when they were all, you know, saying their goodbyes and doing their, their bow and everything, Juice Robinson got on the mic and he thanked everyone for coming. They had him apologize again for, you know, what happened and the government shut down. But he promised that they would return to Nashville and I quote, they're bringing everybody. Do you believe him? No. <laughs> <laughs> so you made sure to get your money's worth because then you had a moment with Juice Robinson. What what leads to me getting a picture from you? So he's going around the front row. He's, you know, high-fiving everybody and taking selfies. He, I'm on the, the very last person around the corner. So he gets around through everybody to me. And as he's walking by, I said, Juice, do you have time for one more? And he looked pretty frustrated with that question, considering he's the babyface champ. <laughs> he's like, you're a grown-ass man. And he goes, everybody in the front row was a grown-ass man. There was maybe one <laughs> child in the entire place. Maybe you sounded too needy. I said, Yeah, I sounded too needy for juice. He gets around, <laughs> and I said that, and he seemed kind of, ex- he had like a, <sighs> kind of a sigh, and then he goes, yeah, but let's make it quick. The beer's getting warm. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad answer. It wasn't. I, I thought he was being funny. Uh, maybe he was actually mad that he had to, you know, I'm wearing a New Japan track suit. I look like an asshole. Looking Fuck like me. a fucking dork. Little did he know we were two Illinois boys. We should have bonded over that. Little did you know I had already messaged Juice about chopping you for breaking your fucking diet. And that's why he was mad. You know what? I'm afraid of juice chops because, you know, you never know when he's going to punch you straight in the fucking face and break your nose. <laughs> I'll never let him forget that. That's that's thanks. Thanks, says Kevin. That's uh, the show. what? That's it. OK, that's so all was, I got for fine. you on that. I did. I did get. I did get a New Japan shirt there because they had a shirt of the New Japan logo inside of a guitar that said New Japan Nashville, and I thought, when the hell else am I ever going to have this shirt? That's a collector's item. That was yeah. a good pickup. I had a quick story. I anytime I see pro wrestling stuff out in my day to day, I pop. But I will tell you that I was driving home from work today, and I saw a guy. With a flat bill hat on and a black and white New Japan Pro Wrestling hoodie. Was it me? No, it was not you. But I wanted to let you know it's taken off here, man. It's Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. I still like, I want New Japan to do well. Uh, I'm curious to see if they start signing anybody. Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, are they losing, they're losing Kenny on the reg, right? Like, they're not going to have him regularly going forward. Well, as of, I mean, we're recording this on Wednesday. As of today, Thursday, you know, they're having that press conference. I mean, maybe they've already had it by the time you're listening to this. I'm guessing <laughs> we'll know more by that. Right. But I can't imagine if Jericho's doing New Japan and AEW that Kenny wouldn't want to do the same. Well, right. But that's a weird example because Jericho, with whatever he's doing, regardless, and New Japan, he's not going to be there full time. I mean, he hasn't been to this day. And I'm saying that is Kenny might still do stuff there, but it's not going to be like it was. But let's face it, was his I don't think his title reign was anything everything that everyone wanted from it. Yeah, we never really got a full review of how everyone felt about that, right? No, we never I really mean, talked I, about how it's kind of unceremoniously ended. I think the Okada matches were so good 
that it was such a perfect ending to have him win it, but he just didn't get that next story that really kept you going in it. So, in other words, it was the chase that was exciting. I think it was. I think it was with Kenny, but that being said, every match he does is good because that's what he does. But I would be, I'm excited to get some new stories out of him. And I think, you know, even, I don't know, if he shows up at WWE, would you, uh, would you be sad? Yes and no. I'm kind of in the same spot. I think that there's so many matchups I would like to see him in that I, you know, I would prefer AEW first. Cause I think he said in being the elite when he was, uh, you know, ended up, he was talking about resident evil two and not his career, but <laughs> you know, that's fine. If he could do both, I would be good with that. But this is the first thing he's doing after his career is, you know, after he's like really made a name for himself as the biggest guy in the business. Yeah. I, I was actually, I was sitting around the other day and I was thinking, what would Kenny be in WWE? Which seems it's like a like a boring question, but what kind of career do you think he would have, like com- compared to somebody else, like who a comparable career? What what would be his place on the roster? Because I would he keep his name? Would he still be Kenny Omega? He seems would like he... one you would have to keep his name because that name is already so big, and I. As far as I know, I don't think New Japan owns it. Right. And and I think WWE has been better lately of letting guys keep their names and not making them sign over the rights on it. Poor Cody. <laughs> yeah, but, he uh, he was right at the the wrong time for that. <laughs> yeah. Um but you know the the thing that I guess can scare you I could see them handling him in a similar situation the way they've handled Dolph Ziggler. You really think, see, I picture him doing more of like a, just an AJ and just let him be good and just do it. They could. That's possible. I I, I think we've had this conversation so many times, but it bears repeating. You would feel a lot different about Kenny Omega going to WWE if you knew that Triple H was running the show. Absolutely. You, like th- th- that's everyone's feeling about whoever they would sign and bring in is they want to see the best in the world in WWE, but they don't trust the people there to handle them correctly once they get there. And by people, I mean, Vince. Correct. That said, <laughs> that said, they've been doing better lately. And I think something like halftime heat, that was kind of awesome to see them do again. And they didn't do it with main roster people. They did it with NXT. I Half-time love that they heat. did it with maybe their top six guys in NXT as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. They, they didn't. I mean, the, the first time they did it, they did it with The Rock and Mankind. And everyone knows what kind of a big deal that was at the time and how entertaining that was. But this one was about wrestling, right? Absolutely. That's, that's what this this match was about for halftime. Like, it wasn't about, like promos or or not that there's anything wrong with like a promo or an entertaining segment that's comedy but this was the wwe using this spot to feature pro wrestling between their six young studs that they have down in nxt and i think they did it perfect to try and get eyes on the product i mean if somebody's just stumbling across facebook they didn't do a boring match by any means i mean 
They did a six-man tag indie match. I feel right. like they went, They told them to just go out there and do it like you did in the bingo halls. Put on a show. And, and, they, and it wasn't like they gave away too much, you know what I mean? Like, there wasn't, like... I, I'm trying to find the right words for it, but it wasn't like they gave you a five-star Meltzer match, but they didn't give you crap either. No, they, they gave, I thought they what gave they you gave a us, taste. I thought what they gave us was a 20-minute highlight reel of why you should be watching NXT. Do you think that it drew in new eyes? That's a rough time to be putting anything on. I think if somebody, for whatever reason, instead of having the halftime show on, stumbled across it on Facebook, I think if you caught certain moments of that, it would probably catch your attention. Or if somebody who was a wrestling fan was hosting a Super Bowl party and they put that on, maybe. But it's hard to imagine somebody who's like not that into pro wrestling <laughs> getting like a network subscription or whatever just to watch Halftime Heat. But did you see my proposal the other day for these six guys? No. As soon as they did that segment after TakeOver went off the air, this is before they had even announced the Halftime Heat situation. My first reaction was, huh, it's six guys that are all of like their top guys and they're having issues. Wouldn't it be fucking awesome if at Elimination Chamber they put all six of those guys from that Halftime Heat match in the chamber match to determine the NXT champion on a main roster pay-per-view. I was just getting ready to ask you what you would think about that. If they occasionally, instead of doing a full takeover, just give NXT a match on a show. That's exactly what the hell I'm talking about here. And those are the six guys to do it with, and that's the right match to do it in. It elevates everything. It elevates all six of those guys it introduces them to the, like, to the mainstream audience, to the people who don't necessarily pay attention to NXT. It elevates the NXT title. It, it makes people want to be excited about and tune in for the Elimination Chamber show. They should fucking pull the trigger on it. They haven't done anything like that yet. They've had situations where they've had, like, Kevin Owens have his feud with Cena while he was still a part of the NXT roster. They've had stuff like that, but they haven't done something to this level where they feature all NXT guys having an NXT match with just their, you know, people on the same roster. Do you think that people would get burnt out on the elimination chamber match if they had to watch three of them in one night? <sighs> See, I'm not even happy. Like, I don't want to be a sourpuss about this. Cause I am excited about the women's tag title situation. I think they're doing it in the wrong match. Like, if you're going to have women's tag team championships, shouldn't that be decided in, a, like, a traditional tag team match? Shouldn't there have been, like, a tournament? Isn't that the idea? Like, the match that they're going to win the titles in isn't even, <laughs> has nothing to do with being a tag team. I mean, is do you think this ends up being a case of kind of like when a Hell in a Cell match comes up and the match is just a Hell in a Cell match because that's what pay-per-view it is? Yeah, this is exactly what I fucking hate about it. Actually, And the thing is, if they did my idea, because they're obviously defending the WWE Championship already in the Elimination Chamber, and again, Daniel Bryan, awesome fucking title. Um, they could have done without the women's tag titles being decided in the chamber, and they could have done the NXT match. They, and they, I guess they could still do it. And even if they did do three chamber matches in one night, I would still be excited about the NXT title being decided 
on a main roster pay-per-view in that match. Because once again, it becomes it's not necessarily about the match. It is there are a lot of fucking stars in that that you'd like to see work. Right. Absolutely. And there's a, there's a cool dynamic. I mean, we've obviously talked about the, the thing with Gargano and Ciampa and how awesome that's been over the last year. But now that they're kind of working together, you have that weird thing where Ciampa's trying to hold on to his title, but he also kind of has an ally in there. I just, it's something that they should pull the trigger on. Like, to me, the, like there's six of them. There's six spots in the chamber. Just do it. We want to see it. Who wouldn't be excited about that? I think we all just know Ricochet would do some crazy shit. That's immediately what you think. <laughs> that's, that's the first thing that you think. Oh, my God. Did you just sorry, just thinking of, uh, you know, crazy shit and cage matches. Have you seen this clip that's been going around online? It looks like it was in Mexico and it is a guy climbing on the top of a steel cage, not like a hell in a cell, but a, a cage. <laughs> and all the guys are clearly like in that position where they're all stumbly waiting for him to jump off the top of the cage onto him. Yeah. He just slips and flat backs from the cage yeah. to the floor. Jesus yeah. Christ. And it's funny. The, the, the best part of that video is watching the guys who are supposed to like take the bump from him, they Disperse. all kind of have a reaction like, God damn it. <laughs> they, now we look like, like a bunch of assholes standing in a pack. Well, one of them in particular kind of has like a disgusted, God damn it. I was supposed to catch you. And he, <laughs> I oh. didn't know where you were going with that, but yes, so, I did see that. Just sorry. This is just another botch that I saw a video of. So PCO has his own video series that he does because every wrestler, like, uh, you know, like podcasters, everybody has a wrestling podcast, including us. Uh, you know, they all got their YouTube shows. Dime a dozen. PCO, I saw that he kicked out, like, the windshield of a car and, like, really sliced the shit out of his ankle. And there was, like, a big, deep, gaping wound. And then I saw that that's all, like, stitched and stapled shut now. What the fuck? I don't know if you know this, but one of the things Bill Goldberg gets a lot of shit for is because he did something similar with his arm in a limousine window in WCW. Yeah, that was cool as shit. It sprayed blood everywhere. Yeah, except he was injured for a significant amount of time, and (laughs) he wasn't supposed to do it. (laughs) All I'm saying, Derek. He was supposed to use a bat or something. How do you think this injury will affect PCO's Ring of Honor run? I think it's a pretty bad time to get an injury since you're getting the uh, the second chance of a lifetime. And you find, and this is the back office. You find out that he hurt himself while he was kicking out a window with a weird guy in a car in the parking lot. Somebody definitely said, what a fucking idiot. <laughs> Somebody said those words with disgust in, in their uh, tone. I need to see hey, a movie where PCO plays somebody's dad. <laughs> I see it. (laughs) Speaking of movies, Derek, Derek, the biggest thing in my life happened. I heard that you had tears in your eyes. Derek, somebody heard an exaggeration. No bullshit. Me boy. Somebody heard my call and they made the greatest movie ever. You know how much I love the fast and furious series. I do. I know how much you like Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Jason Statham. And Idris Elba, who all I've been saying for years is, 
We need to get this guy out of dramatic roles and get him a gun. Because all I want to do is see this guy in an action movie. And now we have a movie where Jason Statham and The Rock have to team up to fight a superhuman Idris Elba. They've just gone with it. And now there's fucking supervillains in these movies, Derek. I love it. It does seem like a movie that like shouldn't have been made. Can you at least acknowledge that? Like yes. It doesn't seem like a likely thing that would get greenlit. Yeah, but it's Fast and the Furious, and uh, it seems like I wrote this movie, because this is all I want to (laughs) watch. Is this Crank 3? And just so you know, Derek, I will be leaving a review on our podcast so that you see that movie opening weekend to talk about it with me. Okay. Because there's no rules against that. We did not set rules. I'm leaving a fucking review, and I'm telling you to watch Hobbs and Shaw. My thing is... I'm I'm fine with that, because I like both of those guys, and I still haven't seen a single Fast and the Furious movie, so this would be a great way to get introduced to the steer- series, ass backwards. Garrett, we still need to watch The Marine 6 or whatever it is. I keep checking Redbox. It's not in there. I feel like it has to eventually show up on Netflix. I just want everyone to know, we have not forgotten of our duties to watch Marine 6. We're going to watch it. I want to sit- watch it. You know what? We should set a deadline, and if we don't watch it by that time, you get chopped. Why does that fall on me? Why is it a we need to watch it by then, and if we don't do it, you get chopped? I've seen the movie three times already. We're waiting on you to see it. You haven't seen The Marine 6. Yes, I have. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. No, you haven't. I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking honest my ass. But yeah, you... You really do need to see uh, the Fast and Furious movies. One through four, just pretend like those don't exist. Just watch five through eight. Those movies are the shit. And I do need to tell you this. So my wife used to work at a cafe uh, in, in Burbank, and she would get a lot of like movie studio people coming through. And she had one regular uh, that came through all the time. And eventually she's like, hey, what are you working on? Turned out he was the writer of all these fucking Fast and the Furious movies, Chris Morgan. And she got friendly enough with him that I said, I need you to relay a message to him from me. And she said, okay. And I, all I said to tell him was, if by number 10 they are not in space, this was all for nothing. <laughs> and the conversation she had with him was, my husband has a question. And he said, okay. And she said, he wants to know if they're going to space. And his response was, does he want them to? And she said, yes. And then he said, then it's done. and Derek I shit you not after she had that conversation with him in interviews he has started talking about taking them to space and I want credit for it I don't need I don't need international credit for them going to space I just need you to know that I feel responsible for it and I'm very happy does this person exist on social media Uh, that's a good question his name's Chris Morgan reach out Reach out and push for it and let him know that was you. He, uh, he, on her last day at that job, he knew she was leaving. So she, uh, she, he signed a poster to her and, uh, said that it was to the official Nashville chapter of the Fast and Furious fan club. (laughs) Hey, I got to call you out on something. Go ahead. So people probably don't know this, but we recorded two episodes of a podcast last week and uh, you only got one of them. Derek, the last couple episodes we've had have been so problematic for me and taken so many hours that 
I got that last podcast out at 11.59. Okay. Now, I'm not mad, but we okay. need to talk about... We need to talk about why we... W- we we recorded a podcast where we talked about the Royal Rumble. People, you know, we still haven't discussed that. To your knowledge, we did, but you don't know about it. We talked about the Royal Rumble for a podcast episode. That did not get released. At this point, it's not going to get released. It's gone. There's it's no reason to. It's old. I know. Derek, I am in the middle of some life things, and I don't have time for it all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to our <laughs> listeners. I'm sorry. You tried to stand up and be defiant for a minute, and then it just ended with an apology. Derek, this is a free show. <laughs> this is who? a free show that we <laughs> pay to make me happen. everything. <laughs> um, no, I was going to say, uh, I guess it's important since we're not going to have a Royal Rumble episode. Royal Rumble was good, right? Uh, yeah, the consensus on this 45-minute unreleased episode was it was good. <laughs> it was a good show. We're glad <laughs> Becky won. We liked, the, we liked the way that she got back into the Rumble match. We're fine with Seth Rollins winning it. I guess I'm fine with him facing Lesnar. Um, So Becky Lynch is pretty fucking awesome. You know how uh, fucked up it is that all we've talked about for like a year was me being like Lesnar Balor to book it needs to happen. And it happens. And now we don't release me talking about how much I loved it. You say we don't release it. You, that was on you. Don't let me in with this. That was your call. I'm you not said, mad at you. You I'm pulled not... the trigger and said, Derek, or you, you said Derek and you called me that. I thought that was <laughs> fucked up. And uh, you said, don't release it. The people don't want this. They don't care. You said we released a best of today. That's all they're going to get. Yeah, no. Well, do you want a minute here to talk about how excited you were for for Lesnar and Balor, and then you got it, and it was good? Do you want a minute no, to get they, those feelings back out there? They got everything they needed from me. I was very happy with it. I knew he wasn't going to win, but I had a great time. He beat the shit out of Brock Lesnar. Uh, it was a good match. I like the direction that they're going in with almost everything. I think I agree with the complaints that they really haven't done a good job of making people give a shit about the tag team division. I will once again reiterate, Becky Lynch is fucking awesome. Her stuff on Raw, where she got suspended and attacked Stephanie McMahon and everything, that was awesome. But SmackDown, which was last night, from when we're recording this, she went nose-to-nose with Triple H. The only thing I would have done different, because that entire segment was the, one of the best opening segments of SmackDown I've seen in a long, long time. I was on the edge of my seat. The only thing I would have done different, do you know how fucking awesome it would have been if she Nia Jaxed Triple H? Just broke his nose. Left broke him his blood. fucking nose. Yes. I don't, how, think, I don't think Hunter wants that right now. Well, I mean, not legitimately, but he could have done like a blood capsule situation where she punched him in the fucking face instead of a slap. And then he smashed that thing against his nose, and then Derek. You know, we there are had a more. Moment. There are more members of the McMahon family left. This doesn't have to be the end. No, Is she taking them out one by one. I want to see her punch Vince in the face, and I'm not. Sa- <laughs> and it could still happen. It could still happen. <laughs> you hit my daughter. You hit my son-in-law. Smack. You hit an old man. <laughs> She's the coolest. How do you feel about the Stone Cold Steve Austin comparisons? Are you for it? Are you kind of fed up with 
the comparisons and just want her to be her own thing? Or what do you, what's your take on that? I think her own thing is shades of Steve Austin and I'm fine with those comparisons. Yeah. You know, I, I know, agree. I know we don't always want, you know, repeats of stories we liked in the past, but this is one of the times that it feels so appropriate and it's coming from a, it's almost like rebooting that story, but with a, a female lead, you know, like they did with the Ghostbusters that you liked so much. Oh God. Can we talk about things that I like for a second before we move on to that? Yeah. You used Look, to be a big fan of a uh, Nickelodeon's Gak. Yeah. You like that? See, now we threw in some nostalgia. People popped a little. Now <laughs> move back on to wrestling. you were going somewhere with that. I don't mind the parallels. I, I think that was one of the things that, this, if we can get a little white and nerdy on you, uh, that was one of the things I liked about Star Wars The Force Awakens. Everyone was bitching about how uncreative the script was, and I was like, if there was ever a time to do a movie where there's parallels to the original, this is the one. And I think Becky's the same situation. If there was ever a time for a female superstar to rise to the top and for it to parallel another superstar, this is that moment and she's the right person. Absolutely. Do you think that where this story is headed right now is her being kicked out of the main event of WrestleMania and it ended up being put as Charlotte versus uh, Rousey so that when they add Becky Lynch into it, people aren't mad that it's a triple threat, that they're just happy that she got put into it? You mean the way they did with Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30? Yeah. I don't want that to be the case, and my gut says that's not going to be the case. Because they went out of their way to get Charlotte out of the ring on SmackDown, and they went out of their way to have Triple H say, if you want to face Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania, you just got to do X, Y, Z. That's it. I really, and, and honestly... That's that's what needs to happen. Like, first of all, if you want to do one more fucking parallel, and I and I don't know how the hell you could do this. I mean, because you could do like a little mini compilation of Steve Austin's career with Becky Lynch if you really really wanted to. Do you know how fucking awesome it would be if at WrestleMania Becky Lynch bladed and Becky Lynch got locked into that Rousey armbar? and refused to tap and was just screaming with blood streaming down her face. I think we already got the blood moment though. I feel like we, her at the top of the stairs, that was her tapping out. Like, I mean, she wasn't tapping true. out. She just, I feel like that we already got that part. I don't, we want to walk away from mania. Just so fucking happy this year. No, no, no. I'm not saying she needs to lose. Let me be clear about that. I'm just saying to have, first of all, you, it's just something we've never seen in WWE before. You don't have a moment where you've seen a female wrestler be absolutely fucking caked in blood. Unless we're talking about uh, Tuna's mouth when she was facing Priscilla Kelly. Hmm. We made it back here. Which also, they are doing a rematch soon, so oh, I'm, guess, I'm guessing that it's going to get even grosser. There will be a follow-up for sure. And we'll talk about it. No, I want I want it to be a one-on-one match. That's the funny thing. I do need to bring that up. I have a couple more things I want to talk about here, but I do want to get your feeling on this. I didn't realize that there was like a cult of people on social media who were like livid that Charlotte is not in this match. Well, everybody's going to have their fans. I mean, I'm mad that Kevin Smith isn't in the match, but, you know, it makes sense that he isn't. 
But how the fuck can you be so fucking selfish? Like, Charlotte, like, as great as she is, she got her match last year. I mean, she, she had she, her match at, uh, I mean, at Mania in Dallas. Like, the highlight of that entire show was the women's match that I wanted Sasha Banks to win, but Charlotte walked away as the first women's champion. Right, so if you're a sh- fan of Charlotte, like, if she's your go-to, can't you, like, have a moment here where you go, I've seen some good stuff. I'm full. And that being said, I'm, I'm a huge Charlotte fan. I really, really like her a lot. It's And, you know, it's just, it's Becky's time. And she's being fantastic at being a dick right now. <laughs> like, you, she, she, the past few episodes of SmackDown has been so mean. Is the inclusion of Charlotte into this triple threat a way to get a better match out of the main event? Or is this really just to get Charlotte in the match and have her get her something to do. I'm going to be straight up with you. If, if we're talking about that, seriously, putting Charlotte in that match could make fans revolt against that match. The fans want this to be one-on-one it being a trick. Cause that's what all the great WrestleMania matches are one-on-one. And if this is supposed to be like a crowning moment for the women's evolution, if this is supposed to be their spotlight, I'm not saying they won't have a great match, but I'm just saying fans have already placed their order. They want to see a women's match one-on-one in the main event at WrestleMania with these two people, and they know how they want it to end. And this is the thing when people talk about things being predictable in wrestling. It's okay if something's predictable, as long as what they get is what they want. Especially at a big show. And I think this show has not left the crowd happy in three years now. Well, right. I, I mean, go back to the the end of the show last year, Garrett. That that ending wasn't was not what anybody expected, and it was the wrong finish. <laughs> and even odd. after we got to watch the uh, behind the scenes thing where he threw the belt at him, that didn't really what a answer. Fucking dick. And the way they talked about that fucking show with Roman, like still talking about it, just like it was a regular match and not just like a shit show. I mean, I think the. We'll get back to the the Charlotte stuff here in a minute, but the thing that really pissed me off about that, because you remember when it was just a rumor? You remember when it was a rumor that he threw the belt at Vince, like, in the week after Mania? Yeah. Yeah, the footage comes out, you know, like, what, seven months later? Yeah. Um, th- fucking Vince is a pussy. He had one of... <laughs> he had a guy... Like, who the fuck else could get away with that? And I don't think that's a cool compliment to give somebody. Like, oh, Brock's such a badass. Look at how he treated his fucking boss. Did you see Rollins? Did you see Rollins sitting there? (laughs) You mean just watching it happen? No, Rollins is right next. Like, he's like two feet away from Vince. I didn't even notice him. (laughs) Go back and watch it. Seth Rollins is sitting there at the monitor with Vince when Brock Lesnar throws the title at him. Basically, fucking, like, how much of an asshole can you make Vince look like in just a moment like that where he bends over backwards for the guy who doesn't give a shit about the title, doesn't give a shit about the fact that he was just in the main event at Mania, doesn't give a shit about the fact that he just went over? I mean, I I don't know. Was Lesnar so committed to getting the fuck out of WWE or so committed to putting Reigns over that if Vince did switch the plans, he was that mad? But fuck, I mean, can you imagine being in Rollins' position where you've been busting your ass 365 on the road 
and you see this guy coming in and basically slapping your boss around and your boss doesn't do shit, but then you see Titus O'Neil come up and give him a hug and he gets fucking suspended. <laughs> and what uh, fucking world are we living in where we're still t- saying positive things about Vince McMahon? Like, what the fuck are we talking about here? Who what else? A bitch. I think the only He's other... not tough. <laughs> I don't care what the fuck his family and everyone around his circle says. What a bitch. The only person who could have done that is Dwayne could have walked through the curtain, thrown him through the table, and he would have just been like, okay, Rock, you, you come back when you're ready. Dwayne could go to the ring, take a shit in the middle of the ring, and it would do a number. That would pop the ratings. That's the reality. But well, the I mean, that would be is... huge. That would make the news. <laughs> International movie star takes a shit on live TV. <laughs> take, he, take, he literally takes a shit on the business. Uh, Cornette would be loving that. I just, uh, can, I, can we, uh, going back to the, the Charlotte thing, I do think fans would revolt. I feel, because I feel like they feel like th- they're trying to warm them up to that. It's like, maybe you'll be into having Charlotte in that match. And everyone's like, no. Most of the people are like, no. No, this is her time to shine. And I get that that's kind of been the story lately has been that Becky gets overshadowed by Charlotte. And I get that there's like an instinct to play off of that. This match to me is like one of the biggest matches in WWE history right now. Just don't fuck it up. They, they've done such a good job. Everything from the way they had her enter the Rumble match. That, that I mean, they've been reacting to the fans the right way i don't want it to be a triple threat threat i want i don't want it to be a triple threat i want it to be one-on-one and the moment that those two can have just keep ronda away from the mic (laughs) because god she fumbled on raw pretty hard uh hey um are you still there i'm still here (laughs) well when you stop talking <laughs> i was just listening feedback motherfucker i was letting you get through it it seemed like you had some feelings and you needed to get them off your chest fuck vince those were my feelings a couple minutes ago derek are you hey. familiar with marie kondo nope uh she is a japanese lady that teaches you how to organize and pick up your house and not be such a shit pig mm-hmm. are you taking classes uh my wife has made me watch eight episodes of that on Netflix as we're preparing to pack and move to the next, uh, next house. So she's training you. Yeah. But what Marie Kondo makes you do is hold something and, uh, decide whether or not it brings you joy. (laughs) And based on whether or not it brings you joy, then it's eliminated. That seems, I mean, I'm sure you were experiencing feelings of joy when you had that cupcake in your hand. I had, Plenty of joy, Derek. But (laughs) as I go through, like, it's showing people going through their clothes. The majority of my clothes, I have a lot of wrestling t-shirts. And how do you decide which one brings you joy? Yeah, maybe the Jack Swagger We the People shirt doesn't bring me joy now, but in another 20 years, maybe that's a hilarious shirt to wear somewhere. Right. You never know. It's like a bottle of wine. Sometimes things age well. 
But then, you know, she's kind of showing collections and basically tells you that collections are stupid and take up a lot of room. I went through, <laughs> I went through a little phase when I first moved to Nashville where I was sad and I didn't know what to do. So I was spending my money on WWE trading cards. What? Yeah, you didn't know about this. I didn't know about this. This is a thing that needs to be discussed. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I I could probably pick up that whole binder of all those cards that I spent too much on, and I bet none of them bring me joy. <laughs> there is so one, what, what years one. are these from? Oh, these were current years. I mean, it was right when I moved to Nashville, so what, like just about two years ago? So just a couple of years ago, you have WWE tr- collectible trading cards in a binder. Correct. Did, did those make you feel better at the time? At the time, there was that little bit of excitement of maybe one of these cards is going to be a card that I want. But I'm not like a so, card collector, so, so I don't even know so what I'm looking for. what's this woman's name? Uh, Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo. I got something to tell you, Marie Kondo. She doesn't As speak somebody... English. This is going to have to go through a translator. That's fine. I'm sure they've got an app for that. Google Translate. I have been a collector of cards off and on for my entire life. You don't have to explain anything to your wife. You don't have to explain anything to Marie. You don't have to explain anything to Vince. There is a certain satisfaction you get when you open that little plastic wrapper that comes around cards. The smell that comes out of that packaging. It's like a plasticky paper smell that you you just... You know it when you, when you smell it. It makes you feel really good. And you, you start sifting through your cards to see who you got. Did you get any rare ones? Is there a hologram? Is there a clear one? Is there a checklist? Collecting okay, so- cards. No, I'm not done. Oh, go ahead. I'm go getting ahead. this off my chest. You don't have to apologize or change your behavior for anybody. Yes, three or four years later, you may feel like an idiot for having those trading cards. That's fair, but that's not why you bought it. You didn't buy it for three or four years down the line. You bought it for momentary satisfaction. And if you enjoyed it then, it was worth it. Fuck Marie Kondo. No, 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 no. You you only say fuck Marie Kondo because you haven't seen Marie Kondo. She is the happiest, tiny, just cute little person you've ever seen in your life. And when you watch her, all you think is, well, I have to throw away my Jack Swagger shirt because I don't want to disappoint Marie. If you saw this woman speak, you would immediately understand what I'm talking about. You cannot disappoint this lady. She's too happy. I feel like you get worked more easily than I do. You Marie Kondo isn't working me. She is the, you, uh. there's never going to be a heel turn out of Marie. She is in Japan. Maybe she can wrestle over there. I don't know. Uh, I doubt she will. She's about Alexa Bliss's height, it looks like. I was on eBay the other day looking up Fleer Marvel 1995 collector cards. Was that I uh, to open one again. Was that that era where there were those really sexy uh, beach versions of everybody? Yes. Spring Break 95 X-Men. Wolverine just cooking some hot dogs while yep. Storm's wearing a thong in the background. And uh, Psylocke's playing, or no, it's it's uh, Jean Grey playing with a beach ball with Cyclops in the water. These these cards really came out at a good time in our formative years. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, what's the dumbest thing you've collected? 
Ooh, that's tough. Cause I know there's some like there has to be something you collected that you regret. I'll go ahead and throw out one right now. Uh, of mine? No, of mine. Okay. I thought you were gonna start running me down before I had a chance to do it to myself. <clears throat> <laughs> um no, go ahead. What what's yours? What's uh, your in the fifth grade, collection? I bought all of the Spice Girls dolls and they're still in the boxes. I think myself and Queen of the Ring would respectfully disagree. That was an awesome thing to collect. How dare you? <laughs> well, I still have them somewhere in my childhood uh, room, and I'm willing to give them to you, Derek. I don't think I need them anymore. I think the dumbest... See, the thing is, I've collected a, a lot of cards. I've got... Oh, I did. I, I sold my Pokemon card collection. You sold them? You had anymore. a Charizard rookie. I did. I sold that. Oh, it wasn't a rookie. It wasn't even a first edition, but I did have a holographic Charizard that I sold for 50 bucks. Hey, that's how much I sold mine for when they first came out. <laughs> and I sold mine for that just a few years back. So. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad it, it just kept the same value that whole time. I made my money. I'm happy. I've collected baseball cards. <clears throat> I've collected X-Men cards, which I... It was cool that when I was in college, they had this uh, old comic book shop. Just a town over. I think you were with me one time when we went. That's where I parked in the bus stop. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, because we walked literally out and there's said, a bus waiting Don't behind park you right here, and you parked. You pulled up right perfectly in front of a line <laughs> that says "Don't park in front of this line," and you were just. Mm, it was. It was a thing of beauty. It was. It was comedy. You can laugh, but all of us missed it. Nobody said anything. Wasn't my town. <laughs> Anyways, I I had. They had this vintage comic book shop that actually sold those old Marvel cards, you know, still in the package and everything. So I got to relive that back in my college. See, I don't know. Comic books. I had a terrible movie buying habit. Yeah, that actually, I would love to call you out on that. Please do. I mean, I was thinking about this today. Uh, me and my buddy Dustin, for what, it just got to a point where if I'm, I wanted to watch a movie, I would just go buy it. And for yeah. whatever reason, Dustin and I were dead set on purchasing the period piece atonement because it came with a, a copy of the book and we drove through a terrible storm and it took us like an hour to get to Best Buy to get this. And I'll tell you, I have seen the movie, but I've never watched that DVD copy and I never read the book that came with it. Don't buy movies, kids. It's a, it's, it's a bad investment. You had a thing for a while where you had such an absurd DVD collection of things that, like, you didn't need to own. Like, you, it was like anything that you, were, you wanted to see, that you had a mild interest in seeing, that you considered maybe one day you might see. You bought it. Everything. I regret this. It, this was a bad decision, yeah. Think of how many wrestling shows you could fund right now. If you had just saved some of that money, I would have gone towards something else. And if I took all of those to a resale shop, I would probably get like, <laughs> like 15 bucks. <laughs> so as far as stupid things that I have collected, maybe the dumbest thing that I, I don't have an extensive collection, but in the last like five, six years, I have become big on jerseys which is a stupid like collection habit because they're so fucking expensive. It's not like buying a pack of WWE trading cards. You're paying like 150 to $200 for something. And I don't have a big one, but like, eh. that's the only one I really kind of feel weird about. I don't, 
I mean, I have an autographed baseball collection. Don't feel bad about that. Um, uh, yeah, I I mean, I have like a small collection of comic books. Like I said, I don't have my Pokemon cards anymore. Maybe that's the dumbest thing I collected. I have bad luck with jerseys. If I buy a jersey, that person leaves the team within a year. <laughs> Maybe you can help me out. Maybe I'll start putting my money towards jerseys that you buy. Yeah, who do you not want on your team anymore? Throw <laughs> me a jersey. <laughs> this will fix everything. We're not even uh, talking pro wrestling anymore, man. Maybe we should get out of here. Yeah, let's get out of here. But I do want to say this. Uh, I ha- We had two different people point out. Uh, Pilar let me know that Brooke Hogan's album is something that we should probably listen to. And oh, also... God. Today, uh, West Coast correspondent John let me know that Matt or Jeff Hardy's music is up on iTunes. And I say our homework for next week is to listen to both albums and see which is, uh, which is better. I'm going to go ahead and say, having been to a Jeff Hardy concert, my money is on Brooke. <laughs> first of all, when you first said that, I thought you were talking about Jeff Hardy's entrance music. And I was like, we're going to review Jeff Hardy's entrance music for the podcast? Yeah, you forget that motherfucker has a band and that I went to one of his concerts. Poor Garrett. Did we ever talk about that on here? No, but we should sometime. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week when we uh, review if there is an album or songs, whatever. We're going to listen to some Jeff Hardy. We're going to listen to some Brooke Hogan. And uh, maybe we could have a tournament to see what wrestling albums are the best. Because I know uh, Michael P.S. Hayes has one in there, too. Garrett, before we get out of here, you should apologize to everyone for breaking your diet. Guys, girls, like New Japan Pro Wrestling, I apologize. There's a government shutdown, and I ate a cupcake. <laughs> it was unavoidable. Uh, next time, I won't eat a cupcake, depending upon the government shutdown. I, I, I owe you guys better than I have given you. And hit our goddamn music. <laughs>